finally back from your trip. How many years has it been a lot? Since we started on the show? 30 since I left for Florida. It certainly feels like a long time. It feels like decades. Yeah. I'm a different... I have returned as a different person, my friend. I can see that with my own eyes. Yes, in many ways. Yeah. So while while you were gone, Tim handled everything. And it was really perfect timing because you were gone for longer than expected, right? Far, far longer. My friends, my friends told me they were like uh, on on the Facebook. They're like, "Hey, we're going to do a uh, forty-eight hour game jam or something like that." And so I, I messaged them back, and I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm almost done with my seven hundred and twenty hour game jam." <laughs> yeah, you were gone for a long time. It was. It was, it was. It was like five weeks. It's actually. It's. It's the most grueling stint of work I've ever done. Because I was I was working and I'm quite literal about this like 120 hour weeks, which is the amount of time in a week minus give or like six or seven hours a day. All right. So it was it was insane. Well, uh, I'm glad you're back and done with that. Yeah. But I did it. I did it for all of you guys. So <laughs> I every, remember everybody listening and people who aren't listening, whoever. Um, Whoever wants to play Epic Mickey 3DS, I did it for you guys. I'm curious what percentage of our listeners are actually interested in playing that game. We haven't gotten any mail about it. That's so, true. Um, I'm, I'm a bit surprised because this is by far the <clears throat> highest profile game I've ever worked on. And it's also got a bit of a pedigree, right? I mean, this coming from a developer who made another game or a game for the DS, which was kind of popular, right? It's yeah. called Monster Tail. Yeah, it was very popular. And you know, I mean, I kind of helped out a little bit on that product too. But I mean, these these guys are my friends, so we go back. Yeah. Well, um, if you liked Monster Tail or have an interest in supporting Aura, yeah. Um then you should play Epic Mickey 3DS. Or Castle of Illusion because this game in many ways is like the spiritual sequel to that game. All right. But um, you know, I'm I'm not here to represent um either of them, so now, I know consider that, that unofficial. They mentioned uh or at least in, in the news, I saw they had a release date for Epic Mickey, and 3DS is supposed to come out like at the same time, right? Yeah, something, something like that. So Also unofficial. So sometime in November is what I understand. I think, yeah, so you should be able to buy the game sometime in November. Yeah. It would be weird if it was after that anyway, just because of the whole Christmas season thing. Indeed, that would be strange. If I remember correctly, and this has nothing to do with anything you've told me, I read... That Epic Mickey was November 18th, but that's just based on memory. I don't know. That's really what I read. Anyway, so you're looking at like two months, right? It looks like it. One, one and a half. No, two and a half months. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of that. I hope Florida treated you well. Florida. Okay. Florida was very interesting. Now, I, I want to talk about like some non-video game related things for at least a couple minutes. Uh, take it away. Just because Florida for me, this was like... This was a time of change, I guess you could say. I've I've broken and made many personal records when I was in Florida. So intensity of work was one record, right? So hard to quantify that, but I guess number of hours. Out, yeah, number of hours within a space of time, like why? No doubt, it was just completely outrageous and. Um, Obviously, you can probably tell I'm already tired right now, and and it's, it's still I know I can tell for a couple <laughs> of days. Um, gosh, what else happened? So I decided, okay, I'm going to do a crazy um, diet, and so I was basically eating a very very low carb diet during that time. At the same time, I was working. You know, you tell me about that, and I think yeah. to myself, was your life not already challenging enough? No, P- apparently, um, not challenging enough. Need more challenge. So, um, it's a bit crazy. Yeah. So like I lost like 20 pounds, which was ridiculous. And I ate like almost no carbohydrates. I had, I had sugar twice. Okay. That's like biggest loser weight drop. I had, it was huge. It was incredible. It was like, um, and so now like I'm like high school size, you know, which is also another record for me. Wait, I thought when you were younger, you were huge. That post high school. Okay. You know the you know because that was college, okay? And you know how they say the freshman 15? Yes. You know what the 15 refers to? Uh the amount of weight that you gain. Yeah. Freshman. Well, I had the freshman 40. Ah. And that's not an exaggeration. Okay. 
you know. So now I'm pre-freshman 40 status. So, which incidentally, actually, I notice um, girls notice this much more readily. That you've lost weight. Well, not that I've lost weight, obviously, because they probably haven't met me before the first time they meet me. Okay. But um, if you're if you're like 20, 30 pounds overweight and you don't think that it's going to make a difference when you approach girls, it makes a pretty big difference. <laughs> and it's okay. not just in your confidence. It's like... Yes, well, as my wife and everyone else I know points out, I will never know what it's like to be fat, apparently. I, uh, I can't well, do it. Just wait 10 years. <laughs> anyway. As my brother said 10 years ago, <laughs> he passes pat, his giant belly. He's like, this is you in three years, <laughs> right? And I can't do it. There's nothing. I- anyway. Anyway, so more <laughs> records. Um, okay, so um, longest period of time that I restrained myself from masturbating. That's great for the show. I appreciate. I'm not. Show. I'm not too embarrassed to say that. <laughs> okay. I, I have. I have no. What's the word? I have no shame. I'll, I have no shame in admit, admitting. I just know I'll things. keep the explicit tag on today's show. Okay. That's. that's good. Th- we should tell the kids. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's good. Let's um, see. What else did I, I do? I don't know why that's good, but I'm just saying it's good. It's well, you know, it's just it's good to do th- to mix it up. I don't. I'm the kind of person where apparently. Besides what you said, I don't like to feel dependent on anything, you know? So every once in a while, I like to mix it up. Okay. Just so I remember I'm still in control, you know? <laughs> okay. Maybe, I guess it's better maybe, than purging. Well, maybe it's not the best topic to um, make sure you're still in control of, but... <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I will tell you congratulations. Yes. I, I feel I feel very accomplished. And like I said right before the show, you just destroyed at the same time. Okay. Physically more than anything else. But Well, although I struggled a little bit in your absence, I don't think it was to the same degree. Uh, Tim helped take care of the show pretty well. He um, People seemed to like him. They emailed us about uh, you know the quality of the show. They were happy. As opposed to other times when we've had other people... For instance, in recent memory, and got emails I think, complaining. I think he's probably the most successful third host that we've had. Do you do you agree? I would agree, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it went over well. In fact, we have an email, s- uh, several emails we've gotten recently. Yes, um, we do. <clears throat> by the way, there's a new uh, new Chatterbox Game Show website coming soon. It's been totally redesigned, and just waiting to actually put it out there. But uh, but it's pretty much ready to go. So pretty soon you'll be able to go to our website. And it will not be a bunch of crazy 1980s style visuals. I was so fond themselves. of those. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of liked some parts of it, but over time it just, you know, you don't think this will happen to a website, but it was kind of like an old house that you neglect, yeah. how it just it's, starts falling it's apart. Like, it's like the old Cheetos logo. Um, not the analogy I would have thought of. You know, when you but, see it by itself, you're like, it's Cheetos. But then when you compare it to the new logo, you're, all you think is, that's eh, an old Cheetos logo. Yeah. I just know that, like, I wasn't maintaining the server, and slowly it just deteriorated, where certain parts of it stopped working, like the chat room didn't work, and... Um, Much like the Cheetos logo, yeah, once Errors again. would find themselves just on the page all of a sudden, so that will be resolved yeah. soon. Oh, my gosh. I got to tell you guys about something. Okay, first of all, in Florida, they are really proud of their weather forecasts, Okay. They are they are like oh there's a tropical storm, twelve hundred miles away, and we're giving you fifteen minute updates on it, and we're going to give you the exact latitude and longitude coordinates at the bottom of the screen every fifteen minutes. They're they're so proud of their weather. They've got like they've got like triple Doppler nine thousand, like literally like a screen of like three. Three Dopplers going at the same time, so you all around Florida, so you get updates three times as fast when you watch the little uh, digital clouds inch across the screen. They've got like the forecast guy. He's like he's doing he's doing um he's got like Google Maps style control over his Doppler, and like he'll like show off. He'll be like, "Oh, I'm gonna zoom in, and so I can only see like two streets." on the whole entire TV screen and oh you know this street right here it's getting a lot of rain and he's just like zooming in way too much so he's like he's telling something that's pertinent to about like eight people in the world <laughs> you know and he's like 
Well, I, I it's imagine... Just cr- it's just hilarious. They just they love their weather so much there. They have a greater need in Florida. Well, they, they do. Actually, I was so glad because I've the, the, the Isaac, okay, the tropical storm slash Hurricane Isaac, I dodged that. I escaped town because it was coming for me. On Friday, last Friday, I was still there, and they forecasted actually going straight up in the middle of Orlando. And I got very nervous, and... Um, but I, I did my little voodoo dance and prayers to, to gods and so on. And um, it, did, it did a left hook around Florida perfectly. Doesn't bother you. Attack Louisiana. Yeah. Right. It, it, literally, it literally just like did a hook around. And actually, no. And then it decided to go straight for New Orleans. Okay. So that's really bad for New Orleans. <laughs> They're used to it. Um, all right. In other news, did you know that today was uh, the local primary election? Oh, well, yes, I did. I only realized this one after the one hour after the polls closed. Oh, so that was a bummer. Well, I voted, but so. I have really you got you got back in time to vote, or did you do it the mail? No, I did it. I did it today. See, I didn't even I yeah. didn't realize. Well, I today. got I got my mail and it said, "Oh, it's voting time today." So I'm like, "Okay, I'll go vote." All right. Well, I'm glad you checked your mail. Did Very you know exciting. also that? Uh, Epic created Vote the Game. That's I'm very confused now. Okay, so you know what Infinity Blade is? Yeah. Right, very popular yeah. iOS game, yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. it had all the super shiny graphics. Yeah, yeah. They basically took Infinity Blade, put Obama and Romney in it, and you decide who you want to use, and you just fight each other in various like White House locations. And then the result becomes an official ballot vote. Not official, but it does show you like how many other people have selected or what the points are per person and it's definitely two-thirds to Obama one-third to Romney about who they want to kill or who they want to I think it's how many times they've been played we'll be right back Chatterboxers how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. That's right. You're listening to Chatterbox, video game, radio, and R is back from Florida still. Yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about Florida and your return, yeah. but I figure you've been gone for so long, it's we kind of earned it it's a little bit of time. You've allowed me an indulgence, as the Catholics would say. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to do that for you. So I hope our listeners I, I appreciate, appreciate it, too. Uh, before we move on, uh, I'm also going to mention something not video game related so much. It's school. Uh, UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. You should go check that out. We talked about that a little bit, by the way, while you were gone. Tim also attended that place. Yeah, it's a popular yeah, place. The UAT. Did you, I, I read something recently saying that there's now some sort of higher education program for game design in all 50 states. Is this true? Well, it's what I read online. <laughs> well, some sort of is probably yeah, true. Yeah, don't know if it's true or not. But yeah, programs at various schools and whatnot. And by higher education, we mean beyond 12th grade. Yep, that's, yes, exactly. Okay. Um, I guess that's the definition of higher. So it's getting more popular. Uh, Before the break, I mentioned Vote the Game. FYI, totally free on iOS. So it's funny. I'd never played Infinity Blade, and I guess it's kind of a feel for what Infinity Blade is like. It's worth five minutes of your time. Probably not much more than that, but about five minutes. Did you know that Obama has like six times more Twitter followers than Mitt Romney? Um, I do believe so. It's like it's like eighteen million versus like three million. It's like it's not even close. I was actually looking at um, a, a tool intended for social media people recently, and um, the demo that 
I was being shown involved a search for Obama and <laughs> like a live live demo of like what's being said right now and all what is it positive or negative and all the the mentions and the number of listeners and whatever that are being touched with that and it yeah. was all like I, I don't remember exactly what it was so I guess this isn't very interesting to the people listening but it was the person demoing it to me was like oh wow yeah that's that's clearly Obama's winning here um, just everything in in social relating to whatever we were looking at was mm-hmm. clearly in Obama's favor like the top 10 people who were tweeting or posting about this stuff like all clearly democrats or democratic leaning um publications so the the dems have the uh tech tech uh, covered yeah absolutely social media going towards towards the democrats unfortunately stupidity which i think beats out social media is going towards the republicans well i think stupidity goes both ways but uh let's uh, let's talk about a little something a little um more um, bipartisan. Yeah. Okay. I was just going to mention... Or is it less bipartisan? Romney officially got the nod for the, the Republicans today, in yeah. case you weren't aware. Oh, okay. It's official, which means he's our next president, since there's no way that Obama can win, which is unfortunate. Uh, I don't... All right. Let's not talk about that anymore. All right. Okay, let's... Okay, okay. So, I actually discovered today inadvertently, um, there's a bug... I know it's hard to believe. There's a bug on the PSN store. Doesn't surprise me one bit, but I don't and know how you would even bother or how you'd find a bug just in a store. So watch this. Okay. So um, so we recently got our PlayStation Plus accounts, right? And so we look to um, exploit this uh, as much as possible for the short time that we actually have the use of such accounts. And so I was looking on, oh, you know, these wonderful, um, you know, whole hour full game demos. It's a very uh, interesting thing. And, um, oh, it just so happens there's one game, Record of Agarest War, I guess it's two or one or whatever. I guess it's whatever it is. Um, there's a full game demo of it. And, oh, it's just a 14 gig download. For one hour of play. For one hour of play. So it takes significantly longer You won't to even see all 14 gigs in the hour. You'll probably... I mean, I don't know. I guess soft porn takes a lot of data. <laughs> and it, it is. It is exactly that <laughs> from what I saw briefly. But um, but here's what I did. I tried to download it because I was like, well, um, you know, I might as well extract maximum bandwidth from my slow internet at all times. So um, I tried to download it and it said, hey, you don't have enough space on your hard drive. That happened to me. Yep. So I'm like, okay, fine. Go through my hard drive, clear out enough space. Now I clearly have enough space. And then I go back into the shop. I notice it's not in the list anymore. Can't find it anywhere. I thought, oh, this is weird. Maybe maybe something strange happened. You know, I reset the system, go back in the shop. It's gone. The item's gone. I find an ad for it. Those wonderful ads on the PSN that are timed so that it's impossible for you to actually read one <laughs> until it changes. Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, or even click on one until it changes. It's like they're playing a game with you. It's like, hey, hey, here's an ad. Oh, no, no, you can't click me. I'm gone already. Okay. So anyway, um, try to click on the ad. Guess what happens? It says, uh, I am um, prohibited uh, from... Um, Using that operation, something like that. There's an error message. It basically said, I'm not allowed, I don't have like, I'm not allowed to access this item. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Basically what happened, what I think happened was that since it decided that I didn't have enough disk space, it set some flag somewhere and just decided that I'll never have enough disk space no matter what I do. <laughs> All right. But I also saw that you had downloaded it. Yes. So... Um, completely inadvertently, as I was just jockeying through the various menus and screens, you know, there I forgot about this, but I stumbled on a history screen where it shows you, you know, the order and what you've downloaded. And this was one of the items on there. So that's how I got back to it is through the so history. So maybe by screen. trying to download it, it decided you didn't have enough space that, w- that was after it had been triggered to be a download so that it's in your history because you went through the the process well, of starting. Well, well, I know the history comes up. Again. Yeah, the history comes up as soon as you try to download something, whether you actually do or not. 
Okay. Same it's same thing actually this is like a total jacked up thing in the store. That little store icon, that little shopping bag icon that says, Oh, you've downloaded this. That gets set before you start downloading, when you tell it I want to download. Yeah, as soon as you put in the operation, just like if you bought something, it's the very first thing that happens is it's defined as purchased, even though you haven't actually got it yet. Yeah. So it can lead to some sticky situations because sometimes you initiate it and it says you have it. But you actually don't have it. So I actually did that on on purpose because um, I wanted to get access to things or make sure I had access to things even before I had space for them. So, like, I had downloaded a big game with the free for PlayStation Plus, right? But I didn't have space for the next big game. But because I didn't know when they were going to stop offering it for free, I downloaded it and just didn't actually let it continue. Or it told me I didn't have space or something. then I played the game that was on there that was like 14 gigs, finished it, got rid of it, and then I could download the next one, even if it's not free anymore, because it's in my history. It's, you know, it's identified as something I've purchased. Yeah. So thank God for history that I was able to download 14 gigs of soft porn while I had the opportunity. God forbid you should not be able to play this game. I have no idea what this game even is. Well, I, I don't know. That's some kind of Japanese RPG, but... I don't even know why they do the soft porn thing. I mean, it's... You say that, but really it's just... In fact, this, this leads me to something else that I, w- I had read this week. So did you see this, this thing where the, the guy, the lead for Dead or Alive 5, was talking about how the Japanese view of women in games is not going to change because like, they don't really see it as perverse? Uh, no, that's uh, new information for me, but not all, altogether surprising. So... Uh, according to this article, it says, In Japan, this form of female representation is, quote, common sense, Team Ninja's Yosuke Hayashi tells MCV. I don't even know what MCV is. It's some other some, publication. Some Brit, uh, media outlet. Okay, so here's the rest of the quote. With the representation of female characters in the Dead or Alive franchise, we've always wanted to make the girls look as attractive as possible. And that's something that's not going to change for us at all, Hayashi says. We're a Japanese developer, and we're making the female characters with our common sense and our creative sense. When you take that to countries outside of Japan, it tends to be very misinterpreted in some cases. Uh, People consider it sexist or derogatory. So, you know, I I think he's referring to Americans, thinking that, you know, the giant shaky boobs and whatever is just not really um, very kind to women. Well... I, I always find those things can be looked at two different ways, and you can probably guess what those two different ways are. But Up and down? Well, it can be, it can be in different directions as well, possibly. Uh, he continues on, For us, within our culture, we're showing women like that, and we're trying to make them look attractive. We can't help if other cultures and other countries around the globe think that it's a bad representation. Within our nationality and within our national borders, we obviously have morals that we create our female characters from, but within our Japanese sensibilities, we've made those characters the way they are, and we're not going to stop doing that. Um, well, I mean, I think that that's a, that's a valiant endeavor that he's engaging in, and, you know, they, they're allowed to, I mean, they don't, just because they're attractive doesn't mean that they have any of the other stereotypical qualities that go along with it. You mean American stereotypes? Of no, I mean the the fake digital girls in Dead or Alive. They can be smart. That's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. They, they can. Maybe they're even feminists, and <laughs> so what? Maybe maybe they like showing off their boobs. Maybe yeah. they like that. I just so it's funny because I can't imagine. I just can't believe that it's true that in Japan, uh, this actually is like a moral and okay thing now i'm not well it's a very, I'm all for it it's a very paid society i mean that is clear right yeah it's probably that just like the women don't really speak up about it like they're just timid and don't really mention that it's weird to them because it was funny especially is yeah. that well he's not talking about ray play okay well yeah but maybe 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 the uh the reducto ad absurdum for this is that uh, you extend it to such things I mean, the, I think the reason women get upset about it is because they're being portrayed as something that is not realistic, right? And so, oh God, well, there I'm, could be I'm myriad reasons. Sociology here, right? But you know, uh, of varying degrees of um, neuroticism at the same time. Yeah, I mean, culture has decided that men love giant cans. 
Oh, what a great, what a great place to stop. And men have decided this. Yeah, but and, and some women also love them. Very few. Where do you want to go with this yeah. one? I, I don't want to dwell on the subject. All I right. don't. But what I was trying to say was, I think the, the reason in America, at least, women don't like it, um, the whole like misrepresentation of, of the size of women's boobs in games or in movies or anything, is because it's unrealistic, so then it makes them feel like they have to live up to a standard, and, which is not real and requires surgery and all that. Um, so uh, basically, they're just upset that we're wanting them to be a way that they aren't naturally. Yeah. Well, I, I but think, I would think that that happens in Japan as well, especially because they generally have smaller cans than even American women. I'm, I'm sure it does. Um, and, and I think that the other part of it too, though, is that it's, um, gosh, oh, my, my brain's not even, okay, the thoughts are not coalescing. So maybe we should just move on and hopefully we've upset someone enough to write us. Perhaps. Um, now would be a good time, actually, for me to mention that our uh, Google voicemail is still in effect. And so uh, if you've recently heard something in the past few minutes that's extremely upsetting to you, uh, you can call us and register your um, upsettingness with us. And our number is 480-442-6321. If you can't count, that's 4804-GAME21. Yes. And we'll eagerly await your message. Um, cold calls about <laughs> non-game products, we don't really appreciate very much. Uh, feel free to leave whatever message you like. We just won't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like we're not talking about it right now. Exactly. All right. So we've got emails. Uh, people also email us. Um, that'll be even easier from the new website, I think. Uh, you want yours or mine? Do Let's you do yours first. Okay. So... Julian, I thank you for your email. Um, there's Is not Julian actually from the UK. Has I have? I feel like Julian from the UK. I feel like he's. Uh, have you heard from him before? before? Yeah, I think Maybe. we've read his emails before. I don't really have much to talk about here. Um, just a little bit. He touched on some things that Tim and I had discussed uh, while you were away. Um, first of all, he thanks Tim. I guess uh, everyone seems to love Tim. Everyone does. He's a popular guy. So, so yeah, he thinks uh, Tim did a good job. And then he, he brought up the issue that he and I. Tim and I had talked about with um, Uncharted as an example of a game that just doesn't do a lot and it's very cinematic um, and you end up just not doing anything but watching cutscenes. Now you were loving through. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were loving the Uncharted. Well, that's what's weird, and I I did cop up to that while while we were talking about it. Like I still enjoyed playing it, but in retrospect, I can't understand why because it's it's not all cinematics. There's plenty of of scenes that are not cinematics, but those scenes are like, so contrived. Like character A to cinematic B? No, I mean, yes, but I'm talking about in terms of the time investment. It's not like you're 90% cinematic and 10% playing. Okay. You're playing more than cinematics. It's just that the parts that you're playing are so contrived because it's like, all right, you have to get from here to here, and you have to do that by climbing on ledges, and there's no other way to do it, and there's no sequence of ledges that like you could screw up. There's really no way for you to screw up it's like, here, just go from this yellow ledge to this yellow-colored ledge to this ledge until you're done. And at the I end, see. it's going to pretend like you slipped and almost fell. And you're not going to. And you're going to get up the cliff or whatever it is you were climbing, right? And then you're probably going to shoot a few guys. And then you're going to have something else where you have to go from A to B using exactly the path that they have defined for you. And then – so you just do this in cycles um, with slightly different graphics and you know uh, suspenseful cliffhangers. But, but that's it. The game is, and you even ate, if it's not a cinematic... You ate it up like a Snickers bar. Really? Just because it looked pretty, yeah. Yeah. And the voiceovers were kind of funny. But I look back on it, and I'm like, I don't know. The game really didn't have anything going for it. 
there were there were some action sequences that weren't just completely laid out for you. So he's, for the he's most upset part, about this. Is he asking us? Maybe 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 I'll just take the opportunity. He was just saying basically that how much he agrees with us, right? Spot on. Um, really, it's this it, is where this is where the big games are going. Actually, our our our, our next mail. He's asking about where are trends going, and he's actually upset about this yeah. too. Well, he so Julian, let, let's. I'm going to finish up with this email real quick. He he mentions quite exactly that, like Uncharted, kind of set the tone, and all these other games are copying it. They've just turned into it. I haven't played the later Splinter Cell, but he brings up Splinter Cell as an example. Yeah, I'm not um, surprised. It's essentially Uncharted. Now, um, he also mentioned for those who remember, I think the show that we did two weeks ago where we talked about Sword Quest. He linked me to a YouTube video where the Angry Gaming Nerd talks about it. And I'm not going to go through the whole history now if you don't know what it was. But it's a super awesome piece of gaming history that I had never heard of until um, the guest we had on the show two weeks ago mentioned it. So it's really awesome. And I just wanted Julian to know, hopefully you're listening, um, I did watch that video. I was kind of driving at the time, so I more listened than watched. But um, that was really good insight. right? It, I Assuming that the guy wasn't lying to us in that video, it was good. It was a good way to learn about Sword Quest. So if you search Sword Quest on YouTube, Anger Gaming Nerd, you can learn more about it too and figure out all the places we went wrong when we talked about it before. Um, so that's it. Thanks thanks for the email, Julian. The funny thing is, is that games have to go to Uncharted Land. There's really no choice. Why do you say that? There's plenty of games coming out that aren't like that. That's true, but... Games have to go there in order for the industry to continue. And the reason why is because I've alluded to this before, but it's worth mentioning again, even if it's the exact same words I use. Because the thing is, like back 10 years ago, you know, games weren't about that. Games were about like basically challenging the player and you overcoming the challenges the game presented to you, right? That's why you love games. That's why I love games, isn't it? Except those softcore games. Well, yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll exclude that for the moment, right? But here's the problem: is that not uh, everybody likes that, and not not only does not everybody like that, but it's too much for most people because it is an inherently challenging endeavor. By definition, it's the game as a challenge. The game as a test and if a challenge is being presented to you if you're being tested with something automatically that is a less accessible situation of consumption than something that's not challenging and so basically the only chance that the game industry ever had from growing beyond its uh, previous uh, purview, you could say, is in order to present increasingly less demanding products on players. And now we get Uncharted so that it sells millions and millions. And it can do so because it can capture a larger audience by presenting a less challenging situation to the player. Well, here's here's what bothers me about that. It's that it's not just making it more accessible that's important, right? It makes it more accessible by making it less challenging. But by doing that, basically you're saying, okay, it's accessible to these people who aren't very good or aren't willing to put in the effort. Great. But the assumption there is that they will like the game because they will like other aspects of it when the challenge is removed. But in that case, there's also people like you and I who like a game because of the challenge. So they're removing us from the pool of interested right. parties unless... But we're the minority, and we're already satisfied by the minority of games that continue to be challenging. Well, I mean, the alternative is they could be tricking us into thinking that there's some sort of challenge. And well, that's do, what bothers me. I do feel like you've been tricked. Yeah, exactly. Like, they succeeded in getting me to play Uncharted. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, this game's pretty lame. Right, and Molly's a huge fan of Uncharted. She's yeah. the best thing since sliced bread, and you know I don't know what she thinks is good about it. Uh, like I said, I kind of thought it was a little bit funny to play, right? Um, and the graphics were really good, right? But um, it certainly wasn't 
wasn't interesting from a gameplay perspective. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so when I'm done with it, I'm thinking, wow, they totally just, they kind of stole some of my life away. And this is, this is the crux of the mass appeal product. And so, I mean, we have this other email here uh, from, uh, from our friend Steven. And uh, who's Justin, by the way? Is there a Justin on here? Yeah. Uh, he, thinks, he, was, he was the guest who talked about Sword Quest. I see. Okay. Because he thanks uh, Tim and Justin and either of us um, for, for our show. But he wanted to – Stephen wanted to present a couple topics to us. And one of them is um, – well, I'll just read what he says. He says, I'm always fascinated by gaming and game technology trends – and I would love to hear more of your predictions on some facets such as where next-gen hardware, hardware will go. And um, that's pretty much his first point. And the second point, right, which uh, is very related to what we've been talking about, but he feels like it deserves even more attention. And he's, he's upset and, and, in his words, um, getting more and more offended by what seems to be, uh, to him, an unhealthy stagnation in big studio titles. And he's talking about how Assassin's Creed 3 and Dead Space 3 are just completely uninnovative. And it's funny because these games aren't out yet. So, Stephen, how do you know they're uninnovative because they're not out yet? Yeah, well, I'm but, sure but, to, but to his guess. credit, right, I think that, like, that kind of goes hand in hand with what we were just saying about the games not being challenging. At the same time, another huge critical component of mass market is recognition, because you're going, you're more apt to buy something you recognize versus something that is completely foreign to you. Right? Yeah, it's like buying a franchise instead of, or starting a franchise instead of a brand new restaurant. Right? Yeah, and so you know, like Dead Space, Assassin's Creed, it's got like all this uh, baggage for people who played a game or heard of a game. Because once you say one of those words, it automatically evokes something in you. And so this baggage is really useful because the game publisher, I mean, how many people have said that Diablo 3 is only successful because of its sequels? It's prequels, I should say. Right? A lot of people really 3. You could say that everybody who bought Diablo 3 didn't buy it because they loved Diablo 3. It's because they loved Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 in their minds was fulfilling a promise that previously could only be met by Diablo 2. And then they found out that, oh, okay, Diablo 3 is actually not the same as Diablo 2, and then they get angry and they write letters. Yeah, there was a lot of anger over that game, but I don't know that it was all because of the content of the game, more like the difficulty to play the game, right? Well, it was it was all related to, I mean, most of the complaints seemed to be that, like, look, this was, this was not exactly the thing I signed up for, you know? Just like... Um, I mean, it happens all the time. It's funny. Sales is a funny thing because once you sell the product, then you find out what the person thinks, and they may be very upset. They don't buy it because they know what it is before they buy it, do they? Not usually. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we're back once again. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology, whose website is at UAT.edu. 
Our website, by the way, is chatterboxgameshow.com. Emails are either ara or alon at chatterboxgameshow.com. And uh, like I said earlier in the show, going to have a new version of the site that's totally not broken. Hopefully sometime very, very soon. Very soon. I think very soon. It'll be there. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so can I, can I move on a little bit? I mean, I want to talk about that email a bit. Yeah, or did you have more to talk about Diablo 3? No, I've no. said my piece. Okay, so uh, he asks what, uh, basically what's going to happen with the new hardware. Of course, we can only speculate, um, you know, what trends are going to happen. Well, I always, I always feel like there's a certain um, uselessness in going all Ray Kurzweil on this stuff. But maybe you have something specific in mind. Yeah, and, and it's not that I'm going to say anything that's going to blow your mind, right? But the big thing I think that's going to happen in the next generation is I think the graphics are going to get good enough that they're they're basically what several years ago was cinematics, right? Where we, like Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII, right? Where they had cutscenes that just looked amazing. Right. I think the hardware that we're getting this next time around, not not including the Wii U, but the next Xbox and, and PlayStation okay. will be like somewhere on the order of that level of cinematic quality, but in-game. But why do you think it's going to be the next generation? Because every generation so far, we've always still been able to make the cinematics look better than real-time stuff, even yeah, no, though the real-time stuff has been getting here's much what I'm saying. better, the, too. <clears throat> this is going to be the first time where the in-game graphics are so so good that it kind of kind of breaks your brain a little bit the cinematics that they make are still going to be way better right just because of lighting lighting for those who don't know is a giant processor suck like getting getting a lighting right whether it's a processor or graphics process doesn't matter but like it takes a lot of friggin' work but in terms of the models and the lighting on the models for the most part uh i think we're going to see is basically the equivalent of CG from let's say ten years ago, which was awesome, even as long as ten years ago. But in games, and I think people are just gonna or companies are gonna focus on making things look as good as they can look because that's the only advantage that this this next uh, generation is gonna provide. It's not gonna provide, I think, um, the the types of processing or, or something where you could actually do something new. Like he mentions Grand Theft Auto Three. Yeah. Well, you know, do you, are you sure? Because I'm not. I so can't sure. be sure. Uh, you but, know, you know what I, I when you just you just gave me this thought while you were talking. I mean, the, the other option is that they really blow the Connect Two out of the water, right, and do some amazing stuff with um, personal interaction with the games. I I think I don't. It's not clear to me what they will be exactly, but certainly, um, assuming that we get a huge uh, burst of greater processing power. There should be more types of or newer categories of physical simulation that can be done, can be ran in concert with whatever gameplay is happening as part of the gameplay that, you know, maybe really wasn't possible before. And um, I'm, you know, I'm not maybe, sure I understand what you mean, though. Like well, physics or, or better collision? No, no. Well, that's the thing, right? I don't know exactly what domain it's going to manifest in, but you know, just as as a example, right? Like some, certain kinds of fluid dynamics, you know, can be very hard to represent in real time with with uh, a great amount of granularity and complexity. Yeah. So you know, maybe maybe those types of things will start presenting themselves. I wouldn't be surprised, also, if you saw stuff with more persistent decaying environments. Right. So yeah, but like the more other stuff thing that's too, completely destroyable. Yeah, but don't don't forget, right, that a lot of these technological things, unless they're purely procedural simulations, they take more and more assets and work and manpower to produce. And so that's that's gonna it's already been the bottleneck in terms of like what a game can do, is how long it takes for you to actually do whatever it is. How much manpower it takes. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I, like I, I picture a world that's built out of basically a bunch of small pieces. Like they've already started doing this with like voxels or something. Or Yeah. Well, those. Yeah. I mean, they, they have like those kinds of crazy rendering technologies. But those, I mean, I think we talked about that once. There's, there's yeah. shortcuts that it takes to make it trick you. 
into so, thinking it's doing more I mean, than just it really imagine does. your whole environment is actually destructible with some rules associated yeah. with it so there's different types of materials see, like that, and that stuff, sort of and, thing like i don't i don't see that being so pervasive anyway because it's like that that's the sort of thing that i think takes a lot more work to implement than just you know just the side effect of having lots of technology well i think it depends on the engine that you're building right I mean, because if you're going to blow up something, like, you need to make separate assets, and you need to decide how it's going to blow up. And well, you don't have to, right? If you, if you build, let's say, a cement column out of a bunch of tiny little pieces of, let's just call them cement atoms or something, like little bits, and then when it, it comes into collision with some explosion, then it's going to blow up in association mm. with the vector of that explosion maybe, and whatever. Maybe, maybe in some categories of things, I think, right. I think I'll concede the point. I mean, in, in the past, things were built as solid models, and they couldn't be broken um, unless they were built as two different models that were stuck together where the breakpoint might happen during a cinematic or something. Or they swap in the different destroyed environment, which is what you're suggesting, right? Create assets for the destroyed version versus the, the non-destroyed version. But if you actually build it kind of simulating the real world where anything is built from just tiny pieces of that material. Um, I think someone will try that is what I'm saying. And well, if it catches will on, definitely try it. Yeah. And, and they've already been trying it with current generation as well. Even in PlayStation two, right? Do, what did THQ yeah. make the red, red something? Red faction. Red faction yeah. tried to be like that, yeah. but it, it was, it was more like, here's an area that you can destroy, right? And here's these other things that you can't destroy, but we're going to call it fully destructible. Um, yeah. Well, a truly, a truly fully destructible world is uninteresting for gameplay because you're taking, you're taking a topography that is interesting and you're saying, oh, this topography, you can ignore it for all mechanical purposes. Well, yeah, but you can get around that through other means, right? First of all, by making very, um, varied materials. No, you can which... design around it. You're right, but... Yeah. There's, I mean, there are those problems you have to solve to make interesting gameplay with that system. But I would certainly like, like, let's say you have to get into some building to kill some dude, right? It's a classic gameplay element. You got to get in there, kill him. But how do you do it? You could either maybe be stealthy and go around folks over here, or you could just pound through the door and start killing all the guards. Or, like, you could go on the roof and set up a drill that, like, drills through, and you got to wait 20 minutes. In the meantime, you can go get something else, and eventually it drills through. Um, it, it kind of... Well, the beauty it, about, like, those kinds of scenarios is that you don't, you don't really have to have tech, high technology to implement them in the game. And I, I think that actually what I'm really hoping for that's going to continue happening, because I kind of feel like it's been happening already is that the, the focus is going to be away from technology and the focus is going to be on the mechanicals of what the game is and what it does and how you play it and how it feels. And, and I'm hoping I, that, because I've gotten the sense that I think they're, they're getting more and more important to people, that they will continue to become more and more important and that people will want to play games that you know are actually like really elegant games not just generalized, uh, you know, explosion depictions for just, you know, I just want to see some explosions and be happy. Because that's the mass market is see explosions and be happy. Well, uh, sort of in another vein uh, relative to this question about upcoming trends, I think we've all seen um, the indie market is getting more successful. Right. And that's what I'm talking about too, right? You don't like you don't need high tech to do a good game and the independent market has proven it. Yeah. Well, what's even more important than that is that the companies providing the the consoles are um, more more receptive to the idea, right? Like the idea that the PSN store is there and you can make a game for that system without being some AAA title and same thing with XBLA, mm -hmm. right? I don't even and know it, how that how that term ever suffused its way into the public consciousness doesn't matter it's there right so and it and it and it vexes me every time it's uttered but but the best part is that we're seeing some really high quality games come out yeah. we're only paying 15 dollars for them and they may not be like have the most polish or the the most you know okay here's my prediction okay you ready for this i think so okay within five years there will be a quadruple A. <laughs> I think you've said that before, yeah. Um, 
anyway, I think expect to see a lot more indie games. I mean, that's that's not exactly Nostradamus talking, right? It's kind of obvious, but um, I think the next gen and the the associated software technologies that come with it in terms of catering to that community, um, like how they make uh, the how they make XBLA more searchable. Uh, navigable through all the different games that are coming out. You know, a lot of people are saying that the uh, the consoles are going to die. That the that consoles are going to go away. I don't think that'll that'll happen and, soon enough. And and or soon, I should soon say. enough. <laughs> I don't want it to happen. I just I don't okay, think it's okay, going to happen very soon. Um, or or that if they stick around, like it's going to go really just towards like a subscription based uh, gameplay service and. And it really feels like it's going that way, right? Like your 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 current reality of buying the game you want to play right now and just paying for it is maybe not the reality that the publishers want you to have in the future. Somebody at EA was quoted as talking about um, them going fully digital soon. Yeah. Like he didn't give a specific time frame, at least I don't remember. But the, the implication was that in the near future, they will be fully digital. They want is, that. They certainly want that because then they control everything. Yeah, but they also cut out a huge who don't have access to that. And so I was thinking about, like, we need to... Well, we retailers have to develop a system to deliver these digital games. So I think what, what will happen if they ever... Let's say they went driveless. Um, they would probably sell, like, USB or console-specific uh, memory devices that you could go to a store, download the game at the store to your device and then plug it into your system because they're they're not going to be able to go you know without media either that or they're well, just until everybody's hooked up yeah. or by that time maybe yeah, but, everybody but that won't happen like it'll don't think it won't happen in America for probably two decades to so? be suitably hooked up right now still something around 50% of the market doesn't have good internet um, but it's not a big deal right they could just say yeah here's this USB like device that you plug into the computer you get the data at the store because the store will have great bandwidth right or stored versions that can just... I just want to buy my games. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Glad R is back. We'll be back next week. As always, have any questions, email us. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.